Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast, episode 25, Self-Compassion and Letting Go of Shame, The Keys to Freedom. So... I feel like, okay, we could go into the topic, but also I feel like it's fair that we're just real and let people know that we just spent the last 30 to 40 minutes trying to figure out how we could make this a live video on Facebook. Um, And so we we took from that that we are learning compassion and self-acceptance, even as we are trying to record this podcast. So this is something that is just inevitable for all of us in our life. and yeah, we just wanted to be real and share that with you, that we are hopefully going to have a Facebook Live for you in the upcoming podcast episodes, but it was a struggle bus this morning. Yeah, none of our technology was cooperating. None so, of it. <laughs> you know, we're working with what we have, and that's kind of a good metaphor for life. Yes. Right? Yeah, and a so, good intro to what we're talking about today. Yep, yep for yeah. sure. So before we get started, do you have anything you want to share for... Anything that's going on with you? Anything, Anything that's new? going on? Um, not, okay, the only thing that is new, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we have a yoga group for people in recovery. Okay. Um, so they have to be 90 days sober from whatever addiction they're struggling with. It could be a substance abuse addiction. It could be a sex addiction. Um, it could just be anything that you identify as an addiction that you are still, you know, in recovery from. Do you have from. to be like in, like professional treatment for that? No. Okay. No, no. And I think we wanted to give this to people where it's like, okay, maybe they've already done some of the work in therapy and, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to work on some of the body parts of it and really okay. explore that through yoga. Um, it's going to be really great because it's a small group of three to four people. So it's not, it's pretty intimate setting. So like she's going to be able to work with you very much personally and individually. And it's only $30 a session, which is really good for um, a therapy group and even just getting, you know, personalized yoga okay, instruction. Okay, where, where and when? It's going to be here at Soma Recovery. It starts, ooh, I feel like I need to have the dates, like, really up and, like, there. I'll put how, it up, about, yeah, I'll put put it up the on the, yeah, the show notes and the Soma the Recovery page. website. Okay, so. and on this page. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Put, we'll do put that. that on so, this but it's starting we'll in, the address. Yeah, it's starting in April here okay. in Wichita. So. Okay, so in alignment with what we're talking about today, self-compassion and letting go of shame. I will share the the (laughs) launch date for my upcoming coaching group, which the last time we chatted here was supposed to be March 15th. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not ready. 
And <laughs> so it's going to be launching on April 1st. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. That's okay. And I had to kind of go through some steps to let go of feeling bad about that because I'd announced that yeah. that would be the date. Well, yeah. you know, it's not life or death for right. me or for anyone else. Yes, I would have liked to have it ready by then, but some other things took precedence. And that's just life. It is. Right? And mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be dramatic about that. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's kind of a good fit. And yeah, I think this topic applies to all of us. So so basically what we're talking about today is we're really steeped in the notion that having compassion for ourselves or accepting where we are in our life, whether it's with our body, with our business, with our relationships, if we accept our current reality and kind of look at that objectively, kind of acknowledge what is, mm-hmm. acknowledge the situation objectively, that somehow that will make us lazy and complacent and unmotivated and that we will just kind of be limp noodles right? and we'll never do the thing. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought that guilt and shame were kind of the fuel that ran the engine of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I let go of those, well, who knows mm-hmm. what I would do. And we mentioned it last time when we chatted, but we wanted to drill down into this because the opposite of all of these things is true. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I have for so long, that's been my own fuel, so to speak, or what I thought was my fuel would be shame. Um, and I remember even having one of my own epiphanies in a therapy session when I was talking to my therapist and I was like, but if I let this go, or if I really let myself be more into mindfulness, the fear that's coming up for me is that I'm just going to become this lazy sloth of a person that doesn't get anything done. Mm -hmm. And that has definitely not been the case at all. And if anything, you know, since I've been able to not motivate myself from a place of shame, you know, I haven't had those bouts of burnout or depression. Doesn't mean I never go into have days that I'm, you know, semi-motivated or or struggle a little bit. But I seriously used to have these bouts of burnout and depression where it was like, I'd either A, give up on whatever I was doing or going Mm -hmm. after, or B, literally not be able to get out of bed. Like that, I mean, it was, So, you know, So I think it's important, based on what you just said, I think it's important to acknowledge that shame comes under a lot of different names. Mm -hmm. We can call it overwhelm, Mm -hmm. resistance, rebellion, lack of alignment, Yes. Right? So it, we may not recognize it as shame. Right. I, I know I didn't. I wouldn't have called it that yes. for a long time. I think I called it guilt. Yeah, yeah. And I think what was helpful for me, and I probably said this before in another podcast, but really helpful for me was when Brene Brown kind of was able to hash out the difference between guilt and shame. Yes. And there is such a thing as healthy guilt. Absolutely. So like we all have our own inner compass and when we do something Mm -hmm. and there's that thing in us that's like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't Mm -hmm. quite like, you know, that wasn't actually quite like you. That's not something that is really in alignment with your values. There's going to be that feeling of guilt that comes up. And it's a really good like check engine light, like, hey, like I need to make sure I'm not going down this pathway because that's not in alignment with who I am. Whereas shame is like, this is who you are, right? This is is your identity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and it keeps us, again, it keeps us stuck in that because it becomes about how bad we are and lazy we Mm -hmm. are and 
whatever we are. And, um, and it, it keeps us stuck in that cycle. And I, I, to this day, I still will catch myself when I do something that's, that's not in alignment with myself and I'm kind of starting to beat myself up. I'm like, wait, hold, hold the brakes, right? Like this is just a good learning moment of getting to know myself more, my true healthy self. That's like, Hey, this isn't like you. And let's just like, let's change it up next time. Like, you know what to do that's more in alignment with you and being authentic next time versus, mm-hmm. hey, I got to beat myself up to make sure I don't do it next time, right? right? Like it's and a it, different... Yeah, it's yeah. The, the opposite mm-hmm. is true. When we are beating ourselves up and making, you know, saying things to ourselves like, oh my gosh, you know, you never show up and do the thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're just lazy. Why don't you have motivation like other people? And kind of in comparison to what we feel like comes easily to yeah. other people, then we, it's so uncomfortable. We have so much internal friction that, you know, I, I kind of use this analogy often, but it's like trying to hold your hand on a hot stove. Mm-hmm. It's too uncomfortable. And I think that's when we turn to kind of distracting ourselves, numbing, avoiding, blaming yes. our circumstances. We're not able to look objectively at the current situation with compassion, with understanding that, okay, there may be really valid reasons why we're just not able to do all the things we feel like we quote unquote should be doing right now. Right. You know, maybe there are, you know, unresolved traumas in your Mm -hmm. life, right. Mm -hmm. That are putting the brakes on that sense that you can rise up and, and do the things that you feel like you may want to do. I mean, part of all of this is about getting to know ourselves at a deeper level. And just like we would with our children or with other people that we care about, you know, it's so helpful when we can have grace for where we are and say, okay, none of this is life or death. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not exercising or eating the way I should or getting all of the things done that I feel like I should be doing. You know, is there a crime being committed? Is anyone massively suffering because of that? You know, I just think it's important to take that pressure off mm-hmm. to say, okay, none, you know, there's no crisis mm-hmm. happening here. I, yeah, all things being equal, I'd probably feel a little more in alignment mm-hmm. if, if I started doing a little bit in yeah. some of these areas. But I don't have to do all the things. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about today is not an effort to catapult you out there to do all the things. This is not, honestly, this is not about any action that you have to take. This is about helping you get a little more peaceful so that you can get curious about what actually matters to you. Right. Right. If you're not currently making exercise or eating a healthy diet or whatever, you know, sleep, if you're not currently making those a priority, maybe you want to look at that and say, you know what, that's really not a priority for me right now. And you can consciously set it aside and say, you know, it may or may not be a priority in the future, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to let that go for now. Right. Because clearly based on my actions, it's not, it's not a priority. Right. So keeping that friction going in the background just prevents you from showing up, you know, in areas that actually are a priority. Right. So that's what this is about. Yeah. 
and I mean, and it, it it allows us a space that when we're ready, we can we can kind of get curious and look at the context of maybe why we're not doing that thing that you know I feel like we have these inter- internal battles, and I know I definitely do, where there's a part of us that wants something and prioritizes it, and then another part that might sabotage it mm-hmm. or not want it or not right. prioritize it. And unless we're able to really stand back with that compassionate lens, which really to me is like a curious lens about the context versus like a judging lens, right? Absolutely. Like it's like instead of judging the situation, let's and like making it a moral thing, let's make this about like understanding how that became, mm-hmm. right? Because we all have origins, we all have context, we all have trauma, we all have our experiences and things, um, and we're we weren't born in a vacuum, and so we've no. got to get curious and you know when we're ready I mean at times we can just just be like okay I'm okay and at peace with it not being a priority to me but you know other times we can get curious when we're ready to like actually look at okay Mm -hmm. what's the context within like which like drives why I'm not wanting that right now or why I'm not prioritizing it or why I have this other part that's fighting up or like kind of bucking up against that. And I think a life. lot of times that resistance comes from that feeling that that it's coming from outside of us of what we should be doing and mm-hmm. what it should look like if we do embark, you know, whether it's eating a healthier diet or starting to exercise. We feel like there's kind of this image of what that should look like. Like, okay, that means all of a sudden I have to throw everything out of my pantry. Mm-hmm. I have to go to the gym at 6 a.m. every single day. And that's where we take our power back and say, no, this gets to look like exactly what I decide can work for me right now. Yes. Not in the future, not what has or hasn't worked for me in the past or what I may or may not be able to adhere to in the future. How about let's just focus on this day and this week. Yes. Realistically, knowing myself as I do, what makes sense? Where should I start? And I think I know one of the metrics that I use with clients is I will ask them, okay, on a scale of one to 10, what do you think the likelihood is realistically that that you can adhere to this thing for the next week? You know, whatever it is, they decide, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's drinking more water or getting to bed a little earlier or going for a walk. And if they don't give me a nine or a 10, and I want them to think about it. Mm -hmm. realistically, not what they should do, but realistically, Mm -hmm. what can work without too much friction. Right. If they don't give me a nine or a 10, we're going to ease it back. Mm -hmm. You know, can we move the bedtime 15 minutes instead of 30 minutes or an hour? Mm -hmm. Because what we want is to build wins. We want to build trust with ourselves. Okay. I, I decided that this was realistic for me for this week and look at me. It actually is. This wasn't that big of a deal. I got to the end of the week. That didn't feel like massively extra. But, oh, that's fun. That's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But that was me paying attention to me. Right. Versus, you know, and we talk so much on this podcast about eyes on your own plate, eyes on your own body. This is eyes on our own life. Yes. You know, what may or may not work for other people or for, you know, somebody on Instagram has nothing to do with us. Nothing, like less than nothing. And I think that that's where we have to be very intentional about the information we expose ourselves to. Yes. Because that can be shaming to the point of, well, I can't do it like they do it. So why even try? Right. Exactly. 
And I think, you know, I'll just speak from my own experience of struggling a lot with perfectionism, that if I had to adhere to all the black or white thinking around, I have to do it in extremes or I have to do it a certain way or forever, that I'd still be in that perfectionist cycle of starting something and then getting burned out or struggling with depression on the other side of it because I, I run myself into a hole yeah. and not honoring or building that trust within myself that I also am going to be able to give myself recovery. I'm also going to take care of those other parts of me that fight against these goals and dreams that I have when they've led to me being um, in burnout in the past, right? Yes. And that could be part of your internal war too. Oh, I'm it just is speaking. For me. Yeah, oh, I'm just speaking for, sure. for my own. But for me, if I have to have trust that I will build in self care and like whatever that looks like for you, not like spas or getting your nails done. Like I don't even remember the last time I got my nails done. But like whatever self care mm-hmm. looks like for you, and like recovery, which to me is like I need to get enough sleep. I need to make sure I'm eating well, and. When I build trust that I can do that for myself too, instead of running myself into a hole, then I'm able to continue on my goals without shame versus, you know, my other strategy with perfectionism where I try to do it all perfectly all the time. And Mm -hmm. well, that, I mean, that goes back to that. I, I think, again, we are taught to believe that life is a series of sprints. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where these all-in diet and yes. fitness programs, Ugh. that's not any way that of living that we could sustain no. in the context of our actual life. And when we're doing those sprints, the rest of our life falls out of balance because we're massively focusing on this one area. Right. There's no way we could give the care and attention to the other areas. And I mean, that may be okay, I guess, for one season of your life, but that can't be a way of living. That's kind of that on the wagon, off the wagon way of living, not just with food, mm-hmm. but with business or with fitness or anything or relationships, if we're yeah. just focusing on that. And, you know, that's just, it's not helpful. And I do know, you know, I, I have a very similar experience where I have a fear that if I commit to this thing right now that kind of my subconscious believes that I'm committing to it forever and ever and ever and ever. And I'm already like an ugh. Yeah. Out into infinity. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I have to say, uh, no, I am in control of my life and my choices in every single moment. And this is what I'm going to do today. I'm actually excited about Mm -hmm. this thing. Like we forget why we even wanted this thing in the first place, that this was our idea. Right. Right. It's like we have this idea of what we want, and then all of a sudden we use it as a tool to shame and berate ourselves. It's it's kind of ironic. So it's it's totally the thing that's going to make us happy in the meantime, right? Like in our brain. Yeah. So it's just it's just fascinating. And I think another thing that's been helpful for me when it comes to that like forever and ever kind of thinking is when I learned about the fact that like when it comes to being healthy um, in relationships, and you know this just from my own kind of systemic therapy background, we, there are people that are really rigid and there are people that are very kind of like loose and like whatever goes, Go when, yeah, when we're mm-hmm. talking about boundaries, sure. right? I, I see this as a relationship we have with ourselves too, where it's really hard for us to have a good relationship with a really rigid person or parent, but it's also really hard for us to have a good, healthy relationship with somebody who's loosey-goosey too. So 
when it comes to setting these goals, like we have to think of them not rigidly, which I think a lot of people do, like that rigid parent, like we have to do it perfectly or we have to do it forever like this. Um, and instead be creating this framework where, okay, foundationally we have some boundaries around how we live our lives or what we're changing or what we're shifting. And there's flexibility. Well, right? and, and really to me what that says, you know, we, we know the kind of stoic quote, through discipline comes freedom. Well, what that means, it's not really self-discipline in a rigid way. It's kind of setting some lane lines just like you would with your kids. Right. You have parameters right. that you know are in your best interest. Right. You know, if we told ourselves, okay, tonight I'll go to bed at 10, but tomorrow I might go to bed at 3 a.m. Or tonight I might have one glass of wine, but this weekend I might have two bottles. Mm-hmm. Well, we... It, it's helpful to us to have just some general boundaries that we know work best for us. Right. Right. Knowing myself as I do, I know that staying up super late or drinking a bunch of alcohol or overindulging in a certain type of food, that doesn't make me feel good. That's right. not a gift to me. Right. That's not being restrictive. Right. I'm not restricting or depriving myself. I'm actually caring for myself. Right. And it's also like if you had somebody cook you this amazing, we've talked about this plenty of times, amazing homemade thing that you really like, just because you won't have that for every meal doesn't mean you can't have that in the moment and have that flexibility, right? Absolutely. And when we're talking about, um, yeah, when we're just talking about our goals that there aren't, that there isn't flexibility around special events or, you know, somebody cooking you something special or you know, just, just like with a kid, how, you know, you might have a curfew for them, but if their, their best friend is having a birthday party right. and they, they are going to stay out a couple extra hours late, like mm-hmm. you'd be a, a crappy parent to be like, no, you can't ever, Absolutely. ever break this curfew. Like and, you never do that to your kid, and right? And that's like, where it is so helpful yeah. to externalize some of these things. We have to get objective about our current situation and tr- do our best to take the emotion out of it to yeah. look at what is okay the reality is you know i tell myself that i'm not going to eat fast food and i've eaten fast food every day this week no judgment mm-hmm. no shame mm-hmm. okay that's the reality am i okay with that yes or no 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 judgment there right if you know, I'm not, I don't really feel good doing that. Okay. Well, objectively, what are some realistic options? Mm -hmm. Knowing my schedule, knowing what time I'm, amount of time I'm willing to commit to food prep, you know, that's the thing. We just have to be realistic and not say, okay, fine. This week I'm going to do all in food prep and then you set yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Then you just, yeah, that sounds then terrible. we keep repeating that. And then we tell ourselves a story that I, you know, I try something, I never stick to anything. Eating a healthy diet just doesn't work for me. Right. And that's where we have to not be so rigid. We have to just understand. We have to take our power back and say, knowing myself as I do, I am going to eat out three or four days a week, mm-hmm. but I'm, Maybe I'll come up with a list of restaurants that have meals that truly satisfy me, mm-hmm. but that kind of fit a general template yeah. for making me feel good. Yeah. Like there's just so many different options between doing nothing and this mythical perfection. Right. There's so many different variations of that. It's infinite. It is. Right? And it is. we have to lean in to 
being the CEO, as we've talked about in, in our episode on being the CEO of, of our own life. Yeah. We can't be the CEO if we are trying to cram ourselves into what seems to be working for other people. I mean, right? We don't right. even know if it is. Right. And that's, I think, why, like, you know, we're such believers in therapy and coaching and not just, like, you know, reading an article online and then, like, Good point. going with that, right? Because and there's nothing wrong with self-experimentation and trying to learn and learn about, like, food, nutrition and, iterate, and that sort of thing. Right. But there's there's so much in that field that's changing. There's definitely some foundational truths, and we've, we've talked about that in previous episodes. Um, but the other part is that like you are so uniquely individual, not just in your DNA, but in your life circumstances and in your context and where you're coming from. So working it's hard with somebody to see that for yourself sometimes it is, right? it is. But I, I, and that's where I think this grace and self-compassion really is so important because you, if we go into comparison mode, we are stealing our joy. We don't even like, we can't even begin to do that. I think our brains like to do that because it likes to have this false sense of control. Like if I'm better than this or worse than this, then I can put myself in this like matrix of making understand or like of understanding like where I am in regards to my worthiness or in regards to whatever else. But like the truth of the matter is like the comparison thing doesn't work. And I think our brains don't like that. Um, Well, and it's, and it's, you know, not even real. Because what seems to be working for other people, we have no idea. We don't. What those people's lives are actually like. That's, we are all very complex creatures, very nuanced, and you just have no idea what's going on beneath the surface of someone else's life. I mean, we know that when we get to know someone and we thought, oh my gosh, they had it all together. And then you realize that they have the same insecurities, the same you know, self-sabotaging or self-soothing behaviors that I do, mm-hmm. you know, that happens all the time. And we need to learn from yes. that and just say, gosh, we're all just out here doing our best. We are. And I also think it's helpful to remember things like the ACEs, like the adverse Absolutely. childhood events where certain people, and you may not even know about yourself this much about yourself because sometimes there are things that literally like before you have concrete memories are things that impacted right. your ability so, to do stuff So the and ACE think about test it. is available online. You can kind of check your yeah, ACE your, score yes. online and you don't have to do anything with that, but it's very interesting. It is. And I and it could be used to shame yourself more or it could be a tool for you to have grace, Boy, I hope not. grace for yourself. Because, I sure hope it would well, yeah, I'll, I'll share my awful. experience because when I first saw it, like I took it amongst peers in my uh, graduate cohort and people were talking about their scores and I wanted to hide my piece of paper because I got like one of the worst scores and I didn't want to like, you know what I mean? I just wasn't in a space where I was ready to be vulnerable about mm-hmm. that. Um, now I don't mind being vulnerable about it because I think that it's part of our story and I think it almost like to me gives even more hope that there is healing and we can work through that stuff but the other part is that we have to have grace for ourselves because we don't all start off with the same beginning either. And I don't it's, know exactly, you know, absolutely. I can't give you the, the purpose or meaning of why that is in your own life. I think it's important that you do find that for yourself. But I do think there's meaning and purpose in it from my own lens. Um, and, you know, just like other people, they might physiologically have some different things going on that they start off with. You've got to have grace for yourself that you can't, we can't compare ourselves. We yeah, just really absolutely. can't. And, and let's say the, you take this ACE test 
and you actually don't have very many adverse childhood events, Mm -hmm. but you feel like you're self-sabotaging yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, then you could use it to shame yourself. Then you could say, I don't even have an excuse for not doing that. I actually have a client right now who had, you know, from her perspective Mm -hmm. and pretty ideal childhood, Mm -hmm. but she has some self-sabotaging behaviors. And I think she feels guilty about that. And like, oh my gosh, we are, all of our neurochemistries are different. Yes. And depending on how you grew up and kind of the messages you were receiving about how food may be used as celebration or reward, that kind of thing. I mean, it. we are just a complex stew. We are. Of inputs. That, and that's just one, that's one part of the equation. I mean, we now know too that intergenerationally, we can Absolutely. genetically inherit our the anxiety, stress, and trauma from our family members. Yeah. So things that never even happened to us. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, that's kind of scary to think about. But I think it's also just, again, hopeful in the sense that we can heal it and give ourselves grace. That-, that That's what this is all about. No matter yeah. what you are working with, we just have to have self-compassion for our current coping behaviors, our current situation, and just take the pressure off. Yes. Right? None of this is life or death. Right? Take a deep breath and say, gosh, could I tinker? with some things? Mm -hmm. Could I experiment? I don't have to go all in. I don't have to make a grandiose announcement. I don't have to set a huge goal. Could I tinker with some things and see what what happens? You know, we know that kind of action is very helpful. Just Mm -hmm. taking small action. Uh, To me, that has been my ticket out of inertia. Yes. And it's also the way that I avoid depression. Yes. It's like, okay, I, instead of sitting here and staring about what I don't feel willing, able, capable of doing today, I could, this is what I used to do. I would just sit there and stare at that and say, oh my gosh, I'm just not up to it. And I would just give that so much um, weight. But now what I do is I say, okay, I'm really not willing to do all the things, but what am I willing and able to do today Mm -hmm. in this moment? Yes. That's where I'm going to put my energy. I'm not denying that this other thing is true. Like, this is not about having to be positive all the time. Mm -hmm. This is saying, okay, it's an act of self-compassion and grace and self-care. You know, I'm going to put my energy on what I am willing and able to do today. That may not look super impressive, to the public, but nobody's looking and really yeah. no, you know what I mean? And what that does is it allows me to be peaceful and to actually get some things done instead of, you know, and usually hiding build, under yeah. my covers. And usually build momentum towards build the other momentum. way versus building yes. momentum into the shame cave. And also, interestingly enough, it allows me to have grace and compassion at a much deeper level for other people. Yes. That's, yes. that's a beautiful thing. I mean, when we are showing up authentically, I would argue most importantly to ourselves, mm-hmm. we cannot show up authentically with other people until we are showing up for ourselves and acknowledging and seeing ourselves. I mean, I've had moments where I actually look myself in the eyes in the mirror mm-hmm. and try to hold that for a few seconds and, you know, kind of think a nice thought. Yes. And it's weird 
But it it is. It feels really weird, but it's so lovely. Yeah. And just building, making sure that we are giving ourselves credit for those small wins and gratitude for them. Like even I think sometimes gratitude resonates more with me because I know that when I've struggled with depression and people were like positive or, you know, affirmations, like that didn't, that didn't speak to me. I was like, that's all BS. Mm -hmm. But what was helpful for me was like, if I could just be grateful about like a little thing today or, you know, have some perspective shifting, um, that I could do more easily. And I I think that is perfect because that, that does allow us those gentle shifts, right? It's, for example, just, just a silly thing, but if you come out and there's a sink full of dishes and you just, ugh, I'm not up to even doing that, instead of focusing on how beleaguered you feel or unmotivated you feel, if you could just have one little moment of thought of, I am so grateful to have a home that has a sink that has dishes that clearly means I had food. Yeah. Right? And that doesn't mean we have to be Pollyanna about our life. No. But we cannot be in fear and lack and shame when we're having thoughts of gratitude. Like our brain can't do can't both, do both. Yeah. at the same time. And so it's just kind of shifting our focus. It's not denying that it's annoying to have a sink full of dishes. That mm. is true. <laughs> Right? Seriously, I think it's important to say that. That is annoying. And that's probably worthy of a conversation with the rest of your family. (laughs) But it's also saying, yeah, it's also not monumental in the grand scheme of life. Like in the context of what's genuinely hard in this world, having some dishes in the sink doesn't really rank. Right. And having five extra pounds on your body or 20 or 30 Mm -hmm. or having some cellulite in the context of what is genuinely hard in this world, it doesn't rank. And if we are preventing these things, preventing ourselves from showing up, from starting on a project, from wearing an outfit, from going on the trip, going to the beach, going to the event, speaking up for our needs, holy mackerel. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that's like that. We have to say now is all we're guaranteed. Yes. Right? Okay. Knowing that, I'm going to go ahead and do the thing. And one of the things I think we probably should kind of wrap up, but I, I think it's important for myself to not always rely on what I feel like doing mm-hmm. in a day. Again, I'm not, that's not that I'm denying my emotions, right? And I may pace myself a little differently depending on how much rest I got or how much something going on with my family. But just because I don't feel like going to the networking event or going and spending time with friends, I know myself and I know that it is an act of self-care to do that thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give too much priority to my in-the-moment feeling Right. Right. That's not, that's different from kind of your emotions overall. Yes. But what I do or don't feel like doing in the moment, that is a very, that's like a house of cards for me to build my life on. Because if I did just what I felt like doing in a day, I would eat donuts and watch Netflix and putter around in my yard. And I'm, that's not the worst thing, right? No, no. But that's also not, you know, going to lead to the 
parenting and the relationships and the business and and all of the things that I want and deserve in my life. So yes, I'm going to build in rewards. Yes, I'm going to build in margin and time for Netflix and time for puttering around, but I'm not going to, you know, kind of base whether or not I'm going to work on that project. I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Or I don't feel like, you know, eating this healthy food that I prepped. That's not to say that I'm not going to have a goodie, but real food first is a really helpful principle for me. Mm-hmm. That's just setting some lane lines for myself because I know I know myself. Right. I know that's a gift to me. Right. It, that is not about restricting or depriving or being rigid with, with myself. That's an act of self-care. Right. So, so, you know, bottom line, you guys, shaming yourselves and, you know, being mean and kind of letting the boardroom of critics in your head run the show, that is much more likely to keep you stuck in the roundabout of inertia. Yes. And, and not showing yes. up. Mm-hmm. So again, that probably runs counter to everything that you believe. But it's worth an experiment, and it's also worth asking for support. Yes, you know, again, whether that's from a friend, a therapist, a coach, whatever. But sometimes we need some objective eyes, yeah, on our life to help us, you know, kind of yeah. get a better perspective. And see just the things that we can't see because we're we're narrating the story in our brain, That's right? It. Like so, we can't see the reality. We only see our version of the story. That's it. That's um, it. And so, yeah, that's incredibly important. And I think the other thing I just want to leave people with um, is that we're worthy now, right? That's it. We are good enough as we are. Our bodies are good enough now. They may not be your ideal body. They may not be the healthiest body. You might want to work towards something due to your health, due to health reasons and, and other reasons. And But not because you should. But it's not because right? you should. No, it's you, you are good enough and worthy now of love, of belonging, of going to the beach. I love your meme that you're like, the beach go and get whatever body I give it. You know, like yeah. I really do love that because... There's no such thing as like you, us needing to have a certain type of body or having all our ducks in a row in any capacity for us to be able to put ourselves out there. If I had to have all my ducks in a row in order to to get out and do the thing, guys, oh goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's true for all of us though. Mm. And again, I don't think people know that because we're so... We're in a society right now that we're so good at like saying I'm good, I'm fine, and just putting on that face that all yeah. as well. Yeah, um, and that and and it really is worth. Not it, this this doesn't mean put yourself out there as have a narrative that you're a hot mess. No. Right? No, no. That's not that's not it either. But it is helpful when we kind of let pull the curtain back just a little bit every once in a while and say, "Hey, these are some things I'm working on." Yes. And it just get, holds space for other people to do the same and we kind of change the conversation. Those right. are the people I want to surround myself with. Right. Yeah, people that are, you know, doing things out in the world, but they're also not pretending that it's not really, really hard sometimes. Right. You know, that we don't want to hide and just forget about it. Right. You know, that's all of us. That is all of us when it comes to our bodies, you know, our businesses, our relationships. Sometimes we just don't want to try. 
And and that's okay, but that's a check engine light that you probably need a break. Yeah. Right? And so acknowledge it as such. So next time we are going to try um, again. We're going to try again with the Facebook Facebook Live. Live. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we can kind of talk face-to-face. So but until then, you guys, give yourselves credit. You're doing your best no matter what that looks like. It doesn't matter. You're doing your best. Yes. Take a deep breath. Yeah. And it, if your critic's really strong, just remember your second thought matters more than your first. So make that count. And yeah. Well, I could have a negative second thought too. <laughs> yeah. Your third I, or fourth. Basically yeah. the thought where you like your thought your thoughts after that do matter. So like give yeah. yourself credit because I think, you know, for some of us when our critic is so strong or if we've been in that habit for oh, so yeah. long, like it can be it can be hard to even do self-compassion because it's like, well, I even suck at self-compassion, you know? Well, so no, to, to that's remember. so true. And yeah. I, for me, what I what I do when that comes up, I ask myself, you know, with kind of a really raised eyebrow face, like, is that kind? Is that helpful? I don't care if it's true or not. Like, I can't parse that out <laughs> in the moment, right? Yeah. But is that helpful? Is that no, generous? No, that's yeah. not even helpful. So literally, I say out loud, nope, not doing that. I say that out loud to my inner critic. Nope. Mm-mm, no, thanks. You know, change this up. It's not helpful. It's like, not. It's not. So practice that. Practice that and show up. Show up for yourself. You deserve it. Yep. You do. All right. All right. Till next and time. Take Oop. care. <laughs>